Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, wanted to do the thing that, you know, some people call it a humble brag. I want to shout out the TV show, Through the Ringer, because uh, we did some great episodes from Las Vegas. The most recent episode that just came out on Tuesday, you can watch on the Ringer TV feed. It is myself. It is Zach Collins. It is Big Waz talking about Wimby versus Brittany. And also, I pointed out on that show, what did Brittany have to promote? Why did she do this? Guess what, folks? She's got a memoir coming out. Calculated Move by Britney Spears. She's a real pop star, but we talked to Waz about that. And I also talked to Kevin O'Connor about the winners and losers of free agency. We said nice things about the Lakers, and I got about a 1,000 extra followers on Twitter because Lakers fans are crazy. So just say nice things. Now I understand why news outlets talk about the Lakers all the time because these people, they are fanatics. Shout out to them. They're locked in. Um, but again, the show is through The Ringer. Go check it out on The Ringer TV feed. And now let's get into One Shining Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we are back in Los Angeles. Myself and producer Kyle, we actually did it. We survived Las Vegas. Not a joke. We did it. We're here. We're back in studio. It feels regular. It feels normal. It feels nice. When I got off the plane, it felt like a 20-degree drop, and I just almost shed a tear because I was so happy to get out of that arid heat in the desert. But we had a great time at Summer League. We'll talk about that, recap that. We're also going to talk about Ronnie James. Will he be starting at USC? The drama that is already stirring up because of insider John Rothstein. Yes, we'll we'll talk about that. But then we're going to have Joe Tipton, a.k.a. Tipton Edits, come on the show, and he is going to let us know, one, how he got into the graphics business, two, how he knows how, you know, how this all works and why every kid is going to this school and why. He is the ultimate insider. He is the graphics guru. I can't wait to talk to him. He's great. And then we're going to wrap up the show with some shout outs. We're going to talk about, you know, what we saw, you know, you know, sights and sounds of Summer League and just some more basketball stuff to wrap it up. But again, jam-packed show. We're back in Los Angeles. This is One Shining Podcast. Kyle, anything before we get into today's episode? I'm about to take a cash advance on my Animax because I got the pony bug in Vegas. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right. Welcome back into One Shining Podcast. It is, if you're listening to this, it is Thursday, July 13th. But if you were in the present moment with myself and producer Kyle, it's Wednesday, July 12th. So congratulations. It's ESPYs Day. I know everyone's fired up about this. I think this is the 31st ESPYs of all time. So I went to the ESPYs one time, Kyle. So I can say that. I have some. Grantland ESPYs? Or- Grantland ESPYs. Um, it was when uh, Caitlyn Jenner got the, uh, the the big award for being. That was being, a big one. Yeah, that was a huge one. So it was a great cultural moment. Um, and I was at that ESPYs. That was right after Bill got let go by Grantland and ESPN. I didn't know. Oh, you still went? You oh, traitor. I know. <laughs> Did I just get fired? <laughs> Your um, card doesn't work. Oh, His key card doesn't work, folks. <laughs> by the way, we are back in Los Angeles in case you missed this. Uh, we both made it safely back from Las Vegas. There was a lot of people, a lot of haters out there, a lot of doubters that thought we wouldn't make it back to L.A. We wouldn't get back to the Spotify studio. But here we are. We're doing it. And uh, as Kyle said, unfortunately, my card doesn't work anymore. So I, I barely could get back in the building. Um, it was like the New York Jets moment um, with Hard Knocks. It was like, what is happening Jamal here? Adams. <laughs> what is going on? Can you let me back in the building? That was me. Um, and shout out to the New York Jets, by the way. They got Hard Knocks coming Again. back. Can you believe this? We got Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers on HBO. This is great for the ringer. This is great for content. 
This is great for our show. I wonder, is that I'm good for watch. the head coach? Uh, is it Sala? Robert Is Sala. that good for him? Because he's got to live up to Rex, and that's going to be tough. Yeah, there's no way he'll ever live up to Rex. No one can be like Rex. I mean, even that team with LT, Darrell Rivas, Antonio Cromartie, even one of yeah, my... they were scary. They were awesome. And one of my favorite moments was Mark Sanchez when it was like right before practice, and he's like acting as a receiver, and he's catching balls one-handed. And then you say to yourself, how can Mark Sanchez look so athletic in one sense and then also be a part of the butt fumble? <laughs> right. I don't know. That's the beauty, though, of sports. That's the beauty of the New York Jets. So, again, shout out to them. Again, we're back in the studio. Um, we're going to do some cleanup duty here at the top of the show. First and foremost, Kyle, getting out of Las Vegas was something for me. I get on my airplane. I'm flying back. I am spent. Like I said, I have 40 hours that I can do Las Vegas. I was way over my meter. I was yeah. way over my limit. We're sitting on the tarmac for about 30 to 40 minutes. It's American Airlines. Everything was everything was at least 30 to 40 minutes late, so I did the same thing. I was frozen, and I was worried, and I thought I might get stuck in Las Vegas forever. And again, I had to get out of Las Vegas. I was dazed and confused, losing my mind, ready to go. Had talked so much basketball. You know, we had some great interviews. If you haven't checked it out on Through the Ringer, Zach Collins, Kobe Brown from Missouri will be out next week. So we did some good stuff. Even Kyle got on with me at, at the end. Of I hope that doesn't make it. You I hope that doesn't I don't, make it. I don't think it should make it, but it was also a great time. It was uh, a great, I mean, nobody tells you which cameras to look at. Oh, and there's man. a monitor and I'm like turning my head, like trying to get the nice angle. I'm not even paying attention to what I'm saying, what you're saying. If you're, if you're looking and if you've been keeping up with the coverage of Summer League, you've probably seen this setup. I mean, they, every media outlet is using it, but it's basically sports business classroom. I think was the name of the company. If I got that incorrect, I apologize. It might have been a journalism classroom or something. Yeah, yeah, right. It might have been a J in there. Probably is. Always got to have a J in there. But it's basically students that are running the operations and they did a great job. But also you and I were kind of thrown to the fire there. They said, we need you to vamp for 10 more minutes for the show because again, we're doing an hour long show. And, uh, and they were like, hey, Kyle, why don't you make your first on-camera appearance I know. ever? I was like, wait, what? And they're like, just go. Well, that's when I knew that you uh, were actually, your team OSP, even though you have obligations at the top with Bill Simmons, you know, obviously Ryan Rossillo, you're the star of Life Advice. That's when I knew that Kyle was down for OSP um, forever. Obviously, you got the tattoo. We all know that. But when they asked you to vamp, you came to vamp. Um, there was nothing to really vamp about. And we were supposed to be acting like it was the end of Summer League. Uh, we lied our asses we off there. We, I mean, you talk about <laughs> acting, folks. If you watch that, come back to us and let us know how it felt. So anyways, we survived Summer League. I'm on my flight. I'm stuck on the tarmac. I'm sitting next to two UFC fighters, Kyle. So these guys are... Coach, huh? Yeah, well, I, I got literally no armrest, obviously, because these are two dudes that are, sure. you know, they're manspreading. They're, they're putting their el elbows as far as they can to the side. And also... I'm a flighter, not a fighter, so right. I don't want to fight these guys. I don't have any problems. Um, we take off, finally. I'm praying to the Lord. Thank you so much. I got out of Las Vegas. I got out of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going home to uh, my heavenly home in Los Angeles. And barf bag. Guy's vomiting right next to me. UFC, UFC fighter. guy? Yeah, I won't tell you his Soft. name. Vomiting, barf bag, one bag down. Then he takes his boy who, you know, obviously there's only three barf bags in a row, takes the other barf bag. He's throwing up in he's that He's filling one. these up? Yeah, <laughs> and, and just dropping them down. And I'm about to throw up because uh, yeah. I'm like, I can't be if around this. If I see this. it, smell it. Oh, my Here, God. I'm, I'm next. I just close my eyes and I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, I think there's got to be a way out of this place. Uh, it was a very bumpy flight. Um, you know, I was talking to to myself the entire time, like, please just get me to the other side. As we're landing, my guy, you know, strike three for him, rips me over to the side, like basically pushes me out of the way to grab my barf bag. <laughs> um, and then he's throwing up again. So that was my return back to Los Angeles. Again, Summer League was great. We got some great coverage. We had a nice dinner at Momofuku with the whole Ringer crew. Except me. Except you. Can we talk about that? Was it, was it at least a good episode? Because if if we haven't got you up to speed, we had a, a team dinner at 9 o'clock at Momofuku. Shout out to David Chang. Uh, he set the whole thing. He's going thing by up. Dave Chang now, by the way. Oh, sorry. rebrand. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, shout out to Dave Chang, uh, at, you know, making things happen for us at Momofuku. An amazing dinner. But it was scheduled at 9 o'clock. And Kyle, you had Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo at 10. And I've been there before. I've had something that I've wanted to do. But the the podcast never stops, as we know. Was it at least a good episode? Yeah, I mean, for an, it was it was great. It was just summer league thoughts. It was uh, it was a lot of scoop praise. <laughs> how, how many thoughts have you heard on summer league? Probably too many. That's why I don't yeah. even want to talk about it. A lot of summer league thoughts. Uh, and the, and it was the funny part was you know it's kind of unheard of to do a 10 p.m. off season podcast, but uh, because Bill and and Ben went to the UFC and like uh, 
they they did the whole they did the whole uh, weekend in Vegas. Ben had to be back for practice at eight a.m. So I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. I'm missing the big end dinner, yeah, so that you can fly back tonight after Wembenyama plays, so that my cousin can go to preseason uh, conditioning practice. In Ju- in July, <laughs> yeah. This is ju- this is before the NFL is reporting. Let me just get this straight. Let me just get it straight. No, um, whatever. I'm I'm I hope Ben does really well this year at receiver. But uh, that's yeah. Great. We're pulling for Ben. Also, Ben Simmons. We watched. Uh, actually, we were watching the Nets game. Um, Nets Knicks. <laughs> Knicks. Not super exciting. Not super exciting. But you know, Bill came into the Cox Pavilion with us. Me, you, Bill, Ben. First, we sit down in the reserve seats. They're immediately trying to kick us out. Bill says, "Nay." Bill's, Bill goes to bat for us. Yeah, he's like, "No." He's like, "Get away from me." Poor intern too. The, the poor like, intern. He thought he saw this life flash before his eyes. He thought he was about to get fired. Yeah. Bill gets us some seats, and then uh, we're just having a nice little chat. Da 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 da. Bill goes over, shouts out. He's like, "Watch this!" He goes over and hugs Worldwide West. You know what I mean? <laughs> Got some great footage of that. But the best part, and the reason I'm telling the story, is because Ben Simmons was hilarious. Every player that we would bring up, he'd just go bust. <laughs> He's trash. He's trash. Another bust. And now you know why the internet works the way it does. These high schoolers, they are just straight up haters in the best way possible. Ben made me laugh. It was great entertainment. So I'm glad he got to his football practice. We missed you at dinner. Again, it was a great dinner. Shout out to the whole Ringer production crew that was out there in Vegas. We got some good stuff. Like I said, um, KOC had his own dinner at the same restaurant, which I thought was... Kevin O collecting dinner guests. God that, damn, that, that was a big baller move, KOC. <laughs> he I goes just to want- dinner at the same restaurant at the team dinner on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, Unbelievable. I love that. Um, so I, I really just have to do a tip of the cap to him. Um, that was a great moment. Very big power move there by KOC. But it was a great time in Summer League. And... To be honest with you, just got back to the ringer, obviously, in March. And, uh, you know, you, you never know what the culture is going to be like when you come back to a place you haven't been. I hadn't been here in four years. I left in 2019. But this weekend at Summer League, Kyle, good vibes, good culture, um, nice teamwork. I got to hang out with Chris Vernon, our guy, Verno. Uh, we played. <laughs> I love Verno. I love Verno, I love Verno He's too. got the best stories. Even the regular story, he can just tell oh. in a way that I'm locked in and laughing. It's, it, it's the best. It's the best. And uh, Verno basically was telling me about his golf round that I should have played in. Again, I wasn't invited to, but I should have played well, in it. didn't get Conley, bro. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's couldn't true. get Conley. Yeah, couldn't get Conley. Uh, but we go to the media party that they had there. Uh, myself and one of our producers, Richie, this is after the dinner at Momofuku, lovely dinner. We're going to the media party, Kyle. I get stamped to go in the party, get to the get to the door. And you know how we were talking about the Michael Rubin party mm-hmm. and about how this is my nightmare. I get all the way there and they lock me out. It happened. Oh. <laughs> they, they, because there's 12 other people behind myself and Richie, Richie and I had already gotten stamped. We're going in, but then they realized it's a big crew. You know, it's not just two guys that are trying to get in the party. And then they hit us with, we're at capacity. I'm looking at Richie. He's laughing. I'm laughing. But we're also like, oh, my God, this is this is my nightmare. Um, and then literally, you know, the whole group gets denied. And coming Two right. Two girls walk in. <laughs> no, coming right behind us. I swear to God, Kyle, it's like out of, uh, it's like Curb Your Enthusiasm or something. I mean, Kevin O'Connor comes up walking with about five people and they let him right in. <laughs> KOC. Well, I got to be that. honest. Well, uh, that was epic. You learn this shit in college. Do you not? You'd learn not to go. You don't go to the frat house, uh, you know, or, I know. or whatever, uh, you know, athlete house that's having a party 12 deep with dudes. You know, you try to mix it up. You try to get a ratio going. I know. You know, you go in shifts. God. But the guys. other beautiful part is that Chris Vernon and John Roser, his producer, were walking out of the party right as we were standing there in the line. So I hit the little spin move. I roll out with those three guys and we spent three and a half to maybe four hours playing Willy Wonka slot. Oh, wow. Um, incredible times. Love those guys. Shout out to Memphis. Uh, Verno said we got to come to Memphis. We got to hang out. We got to interview Penny. We got to play some golf. So I can uh, see a one shotting pod Memphis live oh, show. Oh, and Gary Parrish. Shout out to Gary Parrish, who's one of Verno's best friends. Great college basketball insider. And uh, he's also in Memphis. We got to get him on the show. So all good things. Uh, that, that's a wrap on Summer League. We're going to have Kyle Mann back on Monday. We'll talk about some of the stuff that's happening player-wise. But I want to talk about a bigger story because this is the headline I'm looking at right now. And in case you missed it, Joe Tipton coming on here in a few minutes. But first, I want to talk about this. A college basketball insider, near and dear to our hearts. Of course, I'm talking about, you know him from Twitter, John Rothstein. And uh, John Rothstein is in trouble, Kyle. He is he is waiting in very, very murky waters. And here's the headline. College basketball insider makes curious Bronny James USC prediction. Curious. Very, very 
strong words. Again, this, this is on Sports Illustrated. And the reason why he made a curious prediction, Kyle, is because he said Bronny James is not going to start for the USC Trojans. Now, if you've been listening to One Shining Podcast, I have brought this up before. They have the number one player in the class coming in. His name is Isaiah Collier. And Isaiah Collier looks great in practice. And John Rothstein was talking about how amazing he looks and how he's going to be such an important cog in the machine of, of, you know, USC this year and how important he's going to be. Of course, they bring back Boogie Ellis, who was once with the Memphis Tigers, now a fifth-year guy with USC. He's supposed to lead this backcourt. And in case you missed it, folks, there's only two positions in the backcourt. Bronny James is not one of those positions. But it does lead to a larger conversation, which is, LeBron James is not going to let this happen. <laughs> you do not play with Nike. You do not play with LeBron. And you do not play with Clutch. So this goes up. Uh, John Rothstein tweets this. And all out of nowhere, here they come. Here come the stands. Aren't you so happy to be out of the Scoops game? <laughs> oh, I would never. I would never want to be in the Scoops game. It seems ruthless. Um, and Rothstein basically, you know, to his credit, he's trying to argue you know, Bronny will be the sixth man. He's going to lead the second unit. These are all the things that Lakers fans try to tell Russell Westbrook. And he was like, <laughs> absolutely not. That's not going to happen. So if anything, LeBron can relate to this. You know, people were going at Josh Morgan, who he said was going to be a starter uh, in the starting lineup, who I believe most likely will be because John Rothstein's not just making this up. John Rothstein's not walking into practice and saying, these are the top five guys. This is where the coaching staff or someone close to the staff or whatever kind of source he has is telling him the starting lineup is going to be. And I just wanted to flag this for America because here it comes. LeBron James did not go to college. We never got to see LeBron James in college. But one thing I know about fame, you are the age that you got famous. That's usually, you know, what, what checks out. LeBron James got famous at 16, 17 years old. So he's primed and ready to fight the good fight and be a college student. He's excited to have Bronny James at USC. And guess what? We've never seen the LeBron media machine work at the college level. We've only seen it work and be done at the NBA level. And let me say, it's been done at the highest level. But now we're going to see with Bronny James, by basketball merit, I mean, if we're doing a meritocracy here, Bronny James probably should not be starting for USC. But by the, the, the reality of LeBron's PR you know, magnitude, he will be starting at USC. And if he's not, Andy Enfield is going to be in trouble. So that is what we have to flag. That's what we have to point out because, I mean, I like Andy Enfield. Again, I like the guy. Good guy with some bad guy tendencies. Of course, you get Bronny James. We, we, we understand what's happening here. And I, think, I don't think it's going to be Bronny that's fighting for this. I do think it's going to be, like I said, the LeBron James media machine. So John Rothstein is the first one. He is on the board, and he is marked down, and they're saying, get this guy out of the way. So John Rothstein, thoughts and prayers. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to try to fight the good fight for you. If Great it, guy. If it were me, Bronny James would start. That's all I would say. It, it's not worth trying to fight that fight, especially when you can pull him out. It, it's basically, if you're smart, you start him and you can pull him quick. That's all it really is. And, and you just say the team likes him. Um, they want him on the floor. He brings you a certain amount of energy. All these buzzwords that literally have no value. Right, they're, they're less counting the minutes he plays and more with the games he they're starts. They're not looking at the minutes, Kyle. They're right. not watching the game, Kyle. <laughs> they're, all, all they're watching and all they're seeing is who is in the starting lineup. Sure. And if as long as Bronny James is starting at USC, he can be a first-round pick because then people say, well, I mean, he was starting at USC. Look at that backcourt. It's loaded with talent. And he started. He, he should be in the NBA. Bron, LeBron's already said he's better than NBA players. So I'm just flagging this right now. If you're smart, USC Trojans, Trojan staff, Trojans fans, you would just go ahead and accept your reality. Do not fight. Just accept the fact that LeBron James is here. He is using your school. Congratulations. That's a big deal. You get a nice push, push from Nike. You're going to get the most coverage you've ever gotten. And hey, also, if you play in the Pac-12, if you play at Colorado, Guess what? When you play USC, it's time to get drafted. If, if you're Tristan De Silva and you're in Colorado, it's time to get drafted when you're playing USC because all the scouts are going to be there. Nike's going to be pushing the narrative. And uh, John Rothstein, this was a misstep. And uh, we love John. We want John to get this right. I, I don't think he should have even put the starting lineup out because he's already started to stir. <laughs> and It's early. And it's coming. A storm is coming if you do not start Bronny James. So uh, hopefully they figure that out. 
Shout out to Bronny. Shout out to USC. I'm excited to watch him this season. We got some friends of the program over there with the Trojans. They've told us that we are invited to come check out a practice, Kyle. So we're excited to do that. Going to go to the Galen Center. That's going to be a lot of fun. The women's team is also really good. So a lot of good basketball at USC. I'm sure they'll have some, you know, Team USA um, little exhibition go on there. They, they've had a few of those in the past. In fact, one of the best basketball players I've ever seen live in person playing in front of me was Diana Taurasi. Um, years ago at the Galen Center playing for Team USA. So um, it's a great basketball gym. It's kind of more intim intimate than you would think it would be. So um, shout out to USC. I hope Bronny James and the rest of the PR team get this together. John Rothstein, um, you know, let us know SOS if you need help. Uh, we'll do our best. We'll do our best here. But I uh, had to point that story out. That's a big story in college basketball. Joining us now, though, is the graphics guru himself. If you've ever seen... Um, in the, probably the past five to six years, a graphic made. If you look down, you'll probably see Tipton Edits, and that's the guy who does it. His name is Joe Tipton, and he's going to come on now to explain his background, how he got in this business, and how it all really works, because it is insane to me, it's hilarious to me, and I can't wait to talk to him about it. All right, coming up right now, Joe Tipton. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, joining us now on One Shining Podcast, his name is Joe Tipton, a.k.a. Tipton Edits, a.k.a. The Graphic Guru. He is the go-to person for your recruiting graphics from all the top high school talent. You've seen him before. You've heard of his name. Joe Tipton, thanks for coming on the show, man. Tate, appreciate you having me, man. Excited to be here. I, uh, I want to get into how you got here because, again, your name is kind of you know, it just seeps through every single recruiting cycle for seemingly every top player, whether it's a four-star guy, five-star guy, guy you've never heard of. I feel like I see a tip and edit for it. So I want to start just at the beginning. How did you get into this? I mean, was graphic design your passion? Is that how this started? Yeah. Initially, it was just um, a hobby of mine. I downloaded some apps on my phone, wanted to do some cool edits and wanted my work to be recognized to some degree, wanted it to be posted on social media. And this is kind of when Instagram was first starting up. And um, I knew NBA players weren't going to post my stuff. I knew I couldn't get in touch with college players. But I reached out to the top ranked high school players and just kind of let them know, hey, here's what I can do. And if I can help you out, let me know. And that's kind of how Tiptonetics was born. Yeah. Who was the first guy that you did a graphic for? Do you remember? Man, it's been so long. Like <laughs> I, I remember Ben Simmons posting an LSU graphic and Instagram was so much more casual than I, I literally have the screenshot of his post. It says, shout out to my man, Joseph, for the edit. Now you wouldn't catch a kid like posting that at all. Mm. Uh, or that's catch specifically, but like he was probably one of the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Ben Simmons. Uh, turns out he is a good guy and uh, he likes to give like some some credit. So uh, we love to hear that. I kind of wanted to talk to you. This was my Tipton stat of the day. I thought this was fascinating. I was kind of going back through, you know, guys that you did edits for. So in the 2017 NBA draft, obviously 60 players were selected. 23 of those players got edits from you when they decided where they were going to go to college. So you were, I mean, I mean, just looking at that draft, 23 out of 60 guys are Joe Tipton affiliated. Did do you, Does any of that stuff kind of hit you now that we're about, you know, six years away from that time? Honestly, like every time I think about it, every time you bring it up, it's kind of mind boggling to me because <laughs> I never realized I would be here or um, get to this point. It was just kind of a lot of um, a lot of luck involved, but also determination and consistency as well. But I kind of stumbled into it and it's worked out tremendously for me. It's, it's a blessing, seriously. Yeah. And how did it turn into a business? We're fascinated here with the bag. You know what I mean? There, there's obviously money to be made in college sports. We all know how it works. But I mean, did you do this pro bono at first? Were you just like, hey, um, what's your plan school-wise? I'll help you with an edit. Is that how it started? And then eventually you turned it into a business? Yeah, exactly. So everything was free, all the top players. And they kind of expected to be free as well because my mindset was if I don't do it free, somebody else will do it free, especially when you're trying to initially build that brand from the beginning. So just kind of did all my work for free in exchange for them tagging me on social media. And after years of doing it, you build that reputation, that credibility and that brand. So now, um, you know, the players come to me and trust me with their college decision. 
Yeah, there's a lot of like unwritten rules in sports, right? I mean, you, you kind of baseball is the one we always point to and people say that you, even though it's allowed, you really can't do that, right? But I wanted to ask you about kind of the unwritten rules in graphic making with recruiting. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, you know, copycats at this point. You're kind of like the the Michael Jordan of the, the graphics game. And then you got different people now, different companies doing graphics. Um, I remember one example, there was a little beef maybe that you had was it Josiah Strong? It was someone like that. Josiah Strong maybe was the name. There was some beef at one point. So like, what are what are kind of the unwritten rules of this game? And uh, how do you set people straight when they kind of break the code? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I won't give that account name any clout, but there was Good. another editor. See, that's, uh, that's the beef I'm talking about. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was another editor involved that does similar things to what I do, makes commitment graphics for players and he released the news early and I kind of called him out and uh, let people know, you know, not to work with him and, uh, you know, just kind of had to put him in his place and he blocked me on social media, which I have no problem with at all. I, <laughs> you know, no problem with me, but yeah, I mean, you can't release the news early. You got to, you know, I'm, I've, I've always built, uh, you know, tip the nets off athlete first, player first, and that's how it'll always be. Yeah, I wanted to ask you like about the process of confidentiality, um, you know, and how you have accrued such good faith with all these players. Is it sort of a word of mouth thing, right? Like you you handled someone like, say, Ben Simmons so well that then he and Nike or whoever tells somebody else and then, you know, kind of the, 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 the word gets out that that's how you do things. How did you create this process and that trust? Yeah, exactly. Well, initially, you know, just for starters, not telling you. You know, just keeping that's <laughs> a good start. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just keeping it to yourself. And I always knew that if, if I did, you know, tell someone or word got out that I was, you know, telling people where players were going, then, uh, you know, tip the edits would be dead. Cause that's, that's the only reason players trust me is because they know that I won't tell anyone. Um, even recently with Hunter Dickinson, you know, his commitment was pretty close to the best. I don't think he told any other guy in the media space, but he told me. So his trust in me means a lot. And, um, you know, how I have the job now is because of the players, you know, belief in me that I won't, um, you know, won't tell. Yeah. And you have to obviously make these graphics before they come out. So that means that you are probably one of the first people that is told what a decision is, obviously, maybe even sometimes before the coaching staff. So how much time do you ask guys to give you for you to make the graphic and how, how quickly are you flipping these things around for guys? Yeah, I typically try to, you know, especially during the middle of portal season, as much heads up as possible. Two to three days, it usually is like they'll hit you up at 8 a.m. and say, hey, I'm posting at noon. And you run into that sometimes. So you got to flip it pretty quick. Um, but yeah, transfer portal, it's it's expedited. But high school guys, they'll let you know a week or two in advance. I remember Jalen Suggs, he told me he was going to Gonzaga like two months in advance. I had plenty of time to make that one. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's much better when it's like that and they give you like the heads up. I do want to ask about the portal because that's also a new phenomenon. It used to be you're just doing high school guys that are going to go play for a school. And like you said, sometimes January before they graduate in May of high school, they already know where they're going to go or even prior to that. And they're giving you a heads up, giving you notice. So now you have the portal. There's like the windows of the portal. There's grad transfers. I mean, how much of a headache, like when you found out about how this was all going to work and how guys could transfer and play immediately, did you just start groaning or were you like, this is great for business? Oh, definitely did not groan. It was, it was amazing for business. Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait for next off season. I'm literally excited for next transfer portal season. Uh, just because it's, I love the process of it. I love the excitement of, Oh, so-and-so is entering the portal, the unexpected, you know, where they're going to school and hopefully breaking as much news as possible. Um, but I mean, just this off season alone was huge for me in just terms of social media growth. The two months covering the transfer portal was like, in comparison, probably bigger than covering high school basketball for an entire year. Just the way that the priorities have changed for college programs and they're more focused on that experience and bringing in older players rather than a freshman that's going to sit the bench for, you know, one or two years. Yeah. And eventually transfer, right? I mean, that, that's kind yeah. of where we're at now. It's like, you're, you're kind of the first stop on the journey. It feels like if you're bringing in a high school kid at this point. So that's also fascinating. I wanted to ask you, is there a guy that's gotten 
Like who has gotten the most Tipton edits in their career? You know what I mean? Between maybe, you know, their high school commitment, their transfer portal. I know a guy like Jordan Brown, right? He's gone all over the place. He just left Louisiana again. He was at Arizona before. He had a, you know, coming out of high school. So is there someone that you have on the top of your head? You're like, I've made this guy five edits. I mean, this guy, this guy just keeps transferring. He just keeps moving over. Or do, do you even know at this point? That's a tough question. I wish I had initially one. Um, <laughs> Dior Johnson is a name that comes to mind. Nice. He this year at Pitt. He had a habit of moving high schools. Um, I think he might have been to 10 different high schools. Um, and I probably, no telling how many, and some of them didn't even become public. He was like, hey, Joe, I'm going to this prep school. And it never came to fruition. Um, and then obviously he committed to Syracuse, um, decommitted, uh, committed to Oregon, right. decommitted, and then now he's at Pitt. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, that, it's always a journey. It's always funny, like witnessing that from the other side when you're just watching on social media, because you think to yourself, I mean, at this point, I, I'm thinking empathetically about you, um, that you have to keep trying to flip these graphics and trying to get things out. And I wanted to also ask, it's not just schools now, right? We got G League Ignite. We got Overtime Elite. So you have to you you have to connect with these other leagues, right? And you have to keep information from them or help them with information or be a part, you know. So what's that like adding them into the fold? Yeah, it has been pretty much a smooth transition. That's good. Um, because I work with the player directly regardless. There there is a handful of times a college program is getting a commitment and they'll reach out and say, Hey Joe, I want to connect you with this kid. He's committing to us tomorrow. You know, that happens from time to time as well. But typically I'm working with the player direct. So I don't have to, uh, you know, worry about outside. That's good. What's the, uh, you know, you do like top eight sometimes. Sometimes you do a top four. Sometimes it's top three. Whatever it is, what's the most ridiculous top you've ever gotten? Like when someone's like, well, that was a tough question. Uh, What what is like top (laughs) top 20, top 30? Like what, what is the most ridiculous request you've ever gotten for a graphic? Okay, so I'll say this first. Now my limit is eight. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that you limit. had to put a cap on it. <laughs> yeah, I had to put a cap on it. I even had a couple guys, you know, hey, can I do a top 10? I was like, let's just wait till you get to eight because you only go to one school and you probably only take four or five visits, right? Um, but the most <laughs> I've ever done, I still remember, it was Matthew Cleveland. Oh, transferred man. State to Miami. Yeah. I did a um, top 16 for him. That was the most. Jalen Duran, uh, I think I did like a top 13 for him. But after a while, it's just kind of like, it just feels silly. You know, just like, let's just cut it down. So yeah, eight's the limit now. Eight is the limit. It's kind of like MySpace. Uh, I like that. You can only have eight schools that you can throw in there that can be your top schools. Um, I think that's a very fair number. I think that's also hilarious. And, you know, those two guys are two big name guys too. So it's not just, you know, off the radar guys, you know what I mean? That have these kind of demands. That's also funny. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, did you have a blunder early on in your career? Like with any of this stuff where you were like, oh man, I, I messed, like I could have had that guy, but I, but I kind of let it go. I mean, you don't have to say specifically who it is, but is there anything early on that you were like, man, I could have even maybe had a bigger commitment than I even, you know, for whatever graphic it could have been. Um, I remember Marco Fultz, he yeah. was unranked and at the time, and obviously he went former number one pick, um, and I basically passed on him. Um, Mac McClung, he hit me up uh, when wow. he was like unknown, and uh, he only had like a couple offers, and I basically uh, requested payment from him. Hey, hey man, it was $5, take the five bucks. He's like, I'm sorry, man, I'm broke. I can't pay you. I was like, it's all good. You know, and then so, um, but it's funny how that works when I'm looking back on it. Five bucks from Mac McClung. I feel like Riff Raff would have paid that if he knew. Riff Raff would have definitely paid that. Uh, but yeah, that's hilarious that it happens. So you you obviously have to deal with the different programs too. I wanted to ask you about that. I saw maybe it was last summer you went to Chapel Hill. You got the you got the Chapel Hill treatment. You know you're meeting Coach Davis in his office. I know you've done that for quite a few programs. How do you? kind of manage making everybody not feel like you have favoritism, right? Because it does feel like you're pretty objective as much as you can be in the space. Um, and and you're willing to go meet and engage, but you're also trying not to, you know, show favoritism at the end of the day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try not to. I try to, you know, like you said, you know, not show any favoritism at all. And the great part of it is, is I didn't grow up a fan of any particular school. I didn't graduate from uh, you know, a UNC or an Indiana or a Kansas or anything like that. So I don't have to kind of go out of my way to, um, you know, not show favoritism. So it's not that big of a big of an issue, but I love going to see the schools, meeting the coaches. It's such a humbling experience. 
um, being able to sit down in Hubert Davis's office and have just a candid conversation with him. He's such a great guy. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, he's the best. And uh, it is funny because, like you said, you're from Alabama, right? Correct? So you're from Huntsville, Alabama. And then you went right. to school also in Huntsville, Alabama as well. So, you know, you're kind of, you, when you think of Alabama, obviously their basketball program is looking good right now in Nate Oates, but you immediately probably go to football, right? So how did you get this love and, you know, how did basketball kind of become the priority for you? Yeah. Growing up, you're always asked, you know, are you an Alabama fan or an Auburn fan? And to be honest with you, I was never really either. Um, <laughs> it's like the questions that you get asked in the South are where do you go to church and what's your team? Right. And uh, I always said that I was an Auburn football fan, even though I probably only watched two games in my life because my favorite color was blue and I had to say one. But um, basketball was just irrelevant growing up in the state until Bruce Pearl and Nate Oates came to town. You know, nobody was really watching Bama and Auburn hoops. Um, so it's amazing to see kind of what they've done in, um, in recent years. And um, so that's another point, you know, how I'm unbiased um, because even my parents – they, they're not sport heads. Like they don't, they don't watch basketball. Like I you know, didn't grow up in a home kind of, you know, being pushed toward one fan base. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask, I, I was reading a story. I can't, I think maybe it was like the Seattle, someone wrote a story about you, maybe Seattle times, but they were talking about your parents and you had said in the article that the first time your parents really acknowledged that you were doing something with this was maybe, I think it was Shaq reposted one of your edits, and then your mom and dad were like, well, we know who Shaq is, so that's pretty cool. Uh, was that the moment for you where you were like, all right, now they get it. Now they know that I got something going here. Yeah, oh, 100%. Because it was the kind of the first person that they realized. They knew who it was. Like, once again, like, they're not <laughs> basketball people. So, like, if you bring up a casual name, they're not going to know who it is. But I remember my mom growing up was always like, get off your phone. You're going to, your neck's going to hurt when you're older from, you know, bending down and things like that. Um but yeah, it's crazy to uh, now now that I have a job in it and it you know pays me. Um, it's great to see. Yeah, man, and uh, you're with On Three. You're doing good work. Um, Kyle and I are both audio producers. We've had our back problems from you know hunching over editing. Do you have any of that stuff where you're just like, I got carpal tunnel? You you like go to an event sometimes and you tell people like. I'm on the injured reserve right now. I can't make any edits. Have you had some struggles with that? Because these two guys right here, you know, who have suffered through our own problems, uh, editing and doing the whole game on the internet, it, it, it does affect you at some point, even mentally sometimes. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I worry about the future because if I'm already having issues at 25 years old, then I can't imagine what it'll feel like when I'm 35. But yeah, my neck will hurt, my arms, my wrists will hurt a little bit, my back. Um, so I'm like, try to work on my posture. You oh, know, man. You're preaching to the choir. Me. Yeah, that's us. That's us here. I mean, we we've uh, we've talked through it. I had to get a foundation trainer to help me like figure out how to breathe properly and like use my body properly. I mean, obviously I'm in LA, so you have those options. But uh, if you need if you need any tips or any help, where you know we're here to help because we know the pain. It's, it's it's a struggle out here, and you know podcasting never stops, graphics never stop. People are still hitting you up, like you said, with the transfer portal. So uh, you know the the racket continues a little bit. So we get it, we understand it, we have your support. Um, I want to talk some basketball stuff with you because there are some guys that are on the radar, some younger guys that, you know, we flagged on the show. We got Cameron Boozer is one of those guys. Cooper Flag is the other guy. You were at Peach Jam. I want to start with Cooper Flag. So you're there, you're covering it. You know, you're probably working, you know, the circuit, networking, all that sort of stuff. But what were your takeaways watching Cooper Flag? Because people were floored. This guy's getting triple doubles with blocks. Oh, yeah, he's unbelievable. The first time I watched him, I think it was last year, the first thing I came out of my mouth is he's my favorite player in high school basketball. Like he's just, he's just unbelievable defensively, offensively blocking shots, rebounding. Um, I think there was no one more exciting at beach jam rather than Cooper flag. And everyone was in there watching play. He was the number one player to watch at beach jam. And then Cameron Boozer, obviously son of Carlos Boozer. Um, it's phenomenal as well. Both of those guys are 2025, but if you moved them into 2024, if they reclassed up, they're probably the number one and two players in that class as well. So do you think we have like a, a rivalry almost brewing without these guys even knowing it, where we, we're going to have these two guys where one faction says, no, Boozer's the best player. Another faction says Flag's the best player. And we have like a Magic Johnson, Larry Bird situation going on. It's very possible. It's very possible. It, talking to people around Pete Sham and asking coaches and asking other people in the media, 
kind of their thoughts. I think most people actually lean lean towards Cooper Flag, uh, but for the longest, it was Cam Boozer. And Cam Boozer is actually much younger than than Cooper Flag. I think Cam's only fifteen and Cooper's sixteen, so a um, little bit of an age difference. But they're both phenomenal prospects. Is there any world in which I mean Cooper Flag is he already committed to Duke? Right? He he's already a Duke guy. No, he's uncommitted. Oh, okay. everyone assumes that. Everyone assumes that. But See, this is how the Duke media has my brain. I, I, it's not even true yet, and I already expect it to be the case. But yeah, so he is still uncommitted. Most people assume they see the name Boozer, and they say he's going to go to Duke. Is there any world in which my nightmare happens and both these great young American players go together and play for John Shire at Duke? Can you please tell me that doesn't happen? Because I'm about to throw up right now. I don't want to think about this. I mean, it's possible, but there's also a possibility that um, Cooper flag reclassifies to mm. 20 or there was a lot of rumors about that at each jam. So he would go a year early and then the boozers, maybe they go to do maybe one of them, Caden, the, the, the other twin of Cameron, maybe he goes somewhere else. North Carolina has offered both the boozer twins, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and it sounds like they talk highly of Hubert Davis and they might want to go visit Chapel Hill. So I think that would be phenomenal in my unbiased opinion, just to see, you know, two sons of a Duke great go to Carolina. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we saw it. I mean, not the son, but Jeff Capel goes to Duke, right? And, he, you know, he's famous for that half-court shot, even though they lost in overtime. Everyone shows that shot going to the Duke-Carolina game. And then Jason Capel, his brother, you know, obviously their dad was a legendary, you know, coach, coach at NC Central. Um, but the fact that Jason went to Carolina, it was kind of a weird, everyone was like, wait a second, what is happening here? These guys can split up and go to different schools. Um, but yeah, I think the pitch right now is Cooper flag, Duke, you can have him. He can go to Duke, but he has to stay in 2025. Caden and Cameron Boozer, you have to go to North Carolina. And then we get Boozer versus flag, Duke, Carolina, twice a year, Cameron indoor, Dean Dome. And then the ACC could stay together, right? And then the <laughs> ACC doesn't break up. Joe Tipton, is that our pitch right now? Is that what we got to make happen? Let's do something. I guess so. I mean, you, that's that's hard to beat. I mean, that sounds like the perfect scenario. It sounds Imagine like a, the viewership on that. It sounds like a blockbuster to me. And uh, if we're trying to save college basketball, that might be the you know something that we get into. Um, so those two guys, those are the big names coming out of Peach Jam. The other biggest name is probably the biggest name in all of basketball and has been for quite some time. And for about 20 years at this point, LeBron James, he was at Peach Jam. He was coaching. Um, there's two groups on the internet. There's one that hates LeBron no matter what he does. There's one that loves LeBron no matter what he does. It is unbelievable um, seeing both sides of the coin talk about his experience. What was it like watching LeBron coach uh, at Peach Jam? And what did you see from Bryce James? Well, when he when LeBron, I'll start with this. When LeBron initially walked in the building, I was there for Bryce's game. He was going to coach Strife for Greatness, that 16U team. The gym's loud. You know, it's packed. Like, you know, Bryce is about to play. And then the whole gym goes silent. And they see LeBron walk in. And then you can, like, hear LeBron talk in a crowd of hundreds of people. Everybody pulls their phone out. It was it was the oddest thing. Everybody went silent when they saw him. Like, they were just in shock and awe that he was there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was it was really cool to watch LeBron coach his son, Bryce, and coach that team. Um, he was about how you would expect in terms of, you know, getting on the refs. He was still respectful. Um, you know, he was <laughs> sure saying, he my was. bad, my bad, you know, you're good, you're good, good call, good call. Um, but it was really unique to watch him, uh, you know, on the other side of the uh, floor, so to speak, coaching his team. But um, early impressions of Bryce. Yeah, um, I think people blew him up on social media to be taller than Bronny and he was going to be better than Bronny. But Bryce is still early in his development. I think he's only about six three. People, I think, were calling him maybe six six and all this and that. But um, he's still early in his development. But um, it'll be interesting to see how kind of he grows as a prospect. He shows similarities to Bronny in terms of his catch and shoot three point ability and um, things like that. Yeah, I, uh, Bryce just transferred to Campbell Hall, which is right down the road from where I live in Los Angeles. So I'm going to go check him out. Go watch him. Got Harvard Westlake right up the road. Got Notre Dame High School right there. So got a little, got a lot of high school basketball around me, Joe. If you need some uh, some plugs in here, if you're ever going to come to California and watch these guys, hit us up. Kyle has to go to Harvard Westlake to watch football games for our boss's son. So we're used to going to these games. We're down to go to these games. There's a lot of talent here in California. Speaking of high school talent in California, I want to talk about USC because we, we talked about it at the top of the show. John Rothstein is getting attacked right now because he said Bronny James might not start at USC 
First, I wanted to ask you about Bronny's recruitment, and then I want to ask you about looking forward to, to what's going to happen his freshman year. But were you, did you, you did an edit, right, for Bronny to go to USC? Is that correct? Yes, he did not tell me he was going to USC, but I kind of had an idea from talking to sources um, that it was probably going to be USC. So I just kind of sent him a graphic before and also sent him an Ohio State and Oregon one just in case. And uh, he just responded, thank you. And then I think it was some random Saturday evening. He just posted. So, um, yeah. So that was a good one. You basically, that's a go-getter attitude. You were like, I'm just going to make this right now just to get in on it. And then everyone's like, all right, Bronny got his tip and edit. He's locked in. He obviously knows where he's going to go. It was fascinating, his whole recruitment. Every single time I asked anybody, it was kind of like USC was the de facto answer. Like it had already been determined at the top by, you know, the powers that be that that's where he needed to go to uh, best showcase himself and stay at home at USC. But if you look at it from a basketball perspective next year, which is why John Rothstein's in trouble, you got, Boogie Ellis, fifth-year guy coming back, and you got Isaiah Collier who's coming in who is top one, top two in that class and one of the best players I saw at the, the Nike Hoop Summit. So what do you expect to see at USC with that backcourt? And do we do we foresee maybe some issues there if Bronny doesn't start? Well, I think that he is under the impression that he is going to be the sixth man. Um, at least that was I was told prior to his decision um, that he kind of knew that he was going to have to come off the bench and be the first guy out. Um, so there might be some controversy on social media, but USC is going to be a really good team. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll give them some, uh, you know, some further depth, um, even coming off the bench, just being kind of a three and D, um, guy. Yeah. I like that. Look at that scoop right there. Bronny James willing to accept the six man role. I like that. I hope that it works out. That's a good, that's a good look for Andy Infield that he got him convinced and, and made that happen. Um, one more thing, Joe, before I let you go, I, uh, I once, you know, of course, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it's great having you here. Um, it's like, you know, it's nice to have someone that's, you know, an insider. So while we have an insider, what do you think next year when we talk about that freshman class? You know, a lot of people talk about Ron Holland, go to the Ignite. Who do you think is going to be that freshman? You know, this year was obviously Brandon Miller. Is there anyone that you've seen and you think, well, that might be the guy that jumps up and has a year like Brandon Miller did? That's a really good question. My gut would tell me, um, either somebody at Kentucky, either Aaron Bradshaw or DJ Wagner. Dillingham. Um, yeah, Dillingham, Robert Dillingham, Justin Edwards, just Kentucky's loaded freshman class. And I know Calipari's received some controversy um, recently, but just that group. It's not a great class, the 2023, those incoming freshmen. It's not a great class, but I think if somebody will emerge, it's somebody at one of those Kentucky freshmen. I like that. That's uh, it's good news for the blue bloods. You said your favorite color was blue, which means you're kind of de facto blue blooded because you said you don't have a team. So we'll accept you in. We'll adopt you. We appreciate you. Uh, Joe Tipton, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Uh, if you ever need anything from us, especially, you know, if it comes to your back or your wrist or anything like that, we got your back. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tate. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians. 
who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, we're back. Shout out to Joe Tipton. Really great guy. You know Handsome I mean? guy. Yeah, nice looking guy. Cool guy. Uh, you know, seems very succinct to the point. Seems like he does a good job. A lot of people um, appreciate all his work. I love all of his graphics. They make me laugh sometimes. You know, I, I, I love that he said he had done a top 16 before. <laughs> That's so great. Um, it, it's a tough game out there in the graphics game. But he is, like I said, the Michael Jordan of graphics. And if you're under 25, the LeBron James of graphics. Um, so there you go. Shout out to him. Appreciate him coming on the show. Um, we're going to do some shout outs here because yeah, we got some time. So we're going to do this. Um, shout out to TBT. If you don't know the, the basketball tournament, it is one week from today. You can see some of college basketball, some of your familiar faces. Russ Smith is a name, obviously 2013 national champion. It was erased, um, by the losers at the NCAA, but here on this show, we know that the Louisville Cardinals Tattoos won. are forever, too. Tattoos are forever. I think he actually got it erased. <laughs> um, but in our mind, Rick Pitino's tattoo still stands. He's still a national champion. But you got Russ Smith playing in there. You got Connor Frankamp, obviously, um, you know, a legend who we, we love on the show. But Thomas Robinson. I mean, there's a bunch of good players that are going to play in TBT. And in the dog days of summer, while, you know, you have nothing to watch, watch the basketball tournament. And they've been nothing but great to me. They, they wanted me to do some interviews for them. I said, I'm trying to turn my brain off. I just got wrecked by Vegas, but I will be watching. I will be supporting. I do want to shout out some things from Summer League as well. Shout out to TB12, by the way. Oh. All over the win. TB12 everywhere. That's the last thing I was expecting to see was the TB12 uh, integration with the win, which was one of the coolest hotels in Vegas. So shout out to DBT. Shout out to TB12. (laughs) TB12, TBT. And like Kyle said, we went to get brunch at the win. And literally, you can get a Tom Brady smoothie. Actually, multiple, Two, multiple, yes. multiple Tom Brady, Tom Brady smoothies. Um, coming on the heels of him hooking up with Kim Kardashian, reportedly, allegedly, whatever. It's a TB twelve summer, baby. It's TB twelve <laughs> summer. And Kyle, you've been pointing this out. You want a John Mayer run from Tom Brady? Yeah, you absolutely. think it's time? I mean, absolutely. he he's been a good, faithful husband. He lost it all because he just he just loves the game too much. Literally, he's married to the game, which we have to respect. And uh, now he's got smoothies at the win and he's having fun times. <laughs> I want to see my guy do it at like 47. See what, see what that's like. Let's see what it looks like because Tom Brady, you deserve it. You're the GOAT. Um, everybody has their run. And he's less quiet than Leo. You know, Leo's got the cap down. It's like, it's always like, it's always like a grainy picture that's yeah. like on like a 10, 10x zoom. Lee, Tom will just be out there, I think. Yeah, I don't like the profile, but Leo seems like he's doing some seedy stuff. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like the way he carries himself. Tom's out there. He looks like he's ready to be president or something. So yeah, yeah Tom Brady also lives next to Michael Jordan in Atlantis and Nassau. Well, that just makes so, a lot of sense to me. Yeah, right. So those two guys can hang out, have some good times. Michael is happily married, but he'll hang out with you, Tom. He'll play some golf. No worries about that. Um, so yeah, shout out to TB12. There's some other summer league stuff I wanted to shout out while I was, you know, right in front of my face. Shout out to Cam Whitmore. Um, I said that Cam Whitmore was going to win the Dion Waiters Award. If you've been watching this guy in summer league, he is taking some of the most ridiculous circus shots you've ever seen. <laughs> and sometimes it's amazing highlights, and sometimes it is straight ugly. And uh, it has been fun to watch. I'm enjoying the roller coaster. Appreciate him getting out there and making things happen because. I'm a fan of Cam Whitmore, and I think he's only 18 years old, so he's going to figure it out. Um, Also want to shout out my two Charlotte Hornets guys. A lot of people at the ringer, our boss included, Bill Simmons, he asked me uh, what stage of grief I was in when it came to Brandon Miller. I'm in the the stage of acceptance. Like I said, I'm over it. I'm happy. And he played great, um, you know, last night. So a couple nights ago. So shout out to Brandon Miller. Shout out to Nick Smith Jr., who I thought was a good value pick at 27. I know our must-bust Arkansas fans know he's a pro scorer. He's making things happen. And Keontae George of Baylor. Scott Drew, um, 20 years that guy's been at Baylor right now. He's one of the guys I flag for maybe in the future going to the Bluegrass State if John Calipari decides to leave. So um, 20 years for him. He's got a great player in Keontae George, and he looks like he can develop NBA talent. I'm just saying that for all the Lexington fans out there. Um, shout out to Harry Giles. Harry Giles, uh, Chris Haynes put this out. Yeah, right. This is good. Harry Giles, I saw this kid when he was 15 in high school. He was playing at uh, Wesleyan with Theo Pinson, who was about to commit to North Carolina. Harry Giles' hands were the biggest hands I've ever seen. Um, And this kid was in 10th grade, and he's just grabbing a basketball one hand. I mean, incredible player. Had some knee issues, some injuries, and things like that. But I hope that he gets another chance. I think he has a lot of talent. And uh, again, he was doing a private workout in Vegas. If you remember, Dennis Smith Jr. did this last year 
And a lot of people were like, well, I think we've seen enough of Dennis Smith Jr. (laughs) And then Dennis Smith goes and plays for the Hornets and was great and stepped up. And now he has a contract with the Nets and is back in the league and locked in. So I think Harry Giles will get that same treatment. Shout out to him. Um, Shout out to Rick Pitino. The Johnnies, uh, he, he's fired up. He tweeted this yesterday. Love the work ethic of my Johnnies. Long way off on defense, but a tremendous group of young men. Staff did an awesome job with recruiting. Now, this is how you do it right here, folks. This is a little good cop, bad cop in the tweet. Um, <laughs> you know, says we're a long way off on defense, a.k.a. passive aggressively. Guys, we got to play defense if we're going to win anything. But also loves these kids. Awesome job with the recruiting. But no credit to the kids. Credit to the staff for bringing them in. Rick Pitino. He's working. He's making things happen. We appreciate it. Shout out to him. Um, just a few more shout outs before we get out of here. Shout out to Quavion Smith. Um, I think he's looked great for the for the Sixers. I know um, I mentioned him when we talked about you know the colleges that were winning um, NBA Summer League, but I think he's in the mix there. Also, I love this Pacers team. I just wanted to flag that because if you're a fan of the Indiana Pacers, I love your Summer League team. Um, I'm a big fan of the Kings team as well. Colby Jones looks good, but the Pacers, yeah, my full attention. Kyle, you would like this. Isaiah Wong threw an alley-oop off the backboard to Benedict Matherin. So uh, that was a nice college basketball moment. The Pacers love college basketball. So that's all good stuff. Um, and I'm and I'm, I love to see it. Also, if you're not following Jalen Brunson on Twitter, you should go do it right now. Jalen Brunson is hilarious. He is um, tweeting at Luka Doncic. He is tweeting that he hates all of his former Villanova teammates. So stop asking about them. You know, as we know, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Hart playing both on the Knicks with him, but he says he doesn't care about them and he does not want to hear questions about them anymore. And uh, Mikel Bridges also. I just love the Villanova guys. They're having fun this offseason. It's good to see. Um, one one more shout out here, Mike Bray. Shout out to Mike Bray. We he, saw him, right? Yeah, and he's in Summer League. Like you said, he's at Summer League. He is getting uh, beers with the Irish Hoops family. Um, and he said he's going to send the beer to Jack Swarbrick, who is uh, the AD of Notre Dame. So uh, shout out to Mike Bray. Not a part of Notre Dame anymore, but he's a part of the Irish in spirit. Hopefully he's going to Irish exit out of Las Vegas soon because it seems like things are crazy there. A lot of stuff going on. But uh, great times. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in here. Again, shout out to Joe Tipton coming on the show. Oh, yeah. One last shout out. Chris Vernon. I uh, mentioned him at the top of the show. Told me a nice little tidbit. Um, if you're you know around and you're wondering... Where art thou, K? Where is he? Um, if you're if you're doing the Batman sim- symbol in the sky and you're wondering where your guy is, well, Chris Vernon, John Roser, they saw him, and uh, he was in Vegas, hunched over an online poker machine, and he was playing poker by himself. And uh, just wanted to point it out, Mister K, he is in Vegas, he is hiding out, he is waiting for Adam Silver to give him uh, the microphone and let him be the star again. And, uh, I hope he figures it out, but he was in Vegas. That was a nice little inside scoop there from Chris Vernon. So I wanted to shout that out. That was a good one. Kyle, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, shout out Marquise. No, well, I can't tell if they yes. shut him down. Like with the other, you know, top, top guys. I wouldn't, I don't know if he's a top guy. No, that's but, how good uh, he is, Kyle. They're like, we got to shut this guy down. We got to preserve him. He gotta shut protect down. Him. He's, uh, after two games, he's averaged, uh, 11 points game. He's had a total of 22 points. That's how that works. Uh, so I don't really know what that means, uh, but I was hoping to see more of him. But uh, I mean, again, uh, shout out to him. Shout out to the ponies, Tate. My God, uh, that was such a such a great day uh, in the sports book. And um, I just can't wait. I, we've got a couple of tracks near us. And I, I just it's just a great day. If you've never gone to the ponies and if you're at least 18 years old, I'd say get out there, pal. Kyle, Kyle is, uh, he is saying that we have to go to Arcadia. That looks like the closest racetrack we can go to. We're going to go take, maybe we take our girlfriends, your wife now. Maybe, yep. we, maybe we take the ladies out there. We dress up nice. Uh, we put some linen on and, uh, we take about, you know, let's say a stack with us in cash. Yes. Expense it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we take a stack of cash out there and, and we, and we play with the ponies and we see what happens. Uh, that was a great time. Um, and what's the opposite of a shout out? Um, a throw out, throw out Jim Cunningham because, uh, <laughs> terrible performance, Jim Cunningham, terrible performance. Our former producer here, uh, a former ringer employee with us. He was in Las Vegas. God knows why he was there. Um, but he did show up. He did, uh, hang out with us for a little bit. He complained the entire time. <laughs> um, and then when we asked him to go to dinner, you and I were going twice. to, we asked him to go to dinner twice at a, at a reservation at Sinatra restaurant at the wind. And then we ended up going to Lakeside at the wind. Very nice dinner. The wind is a very nice place. Uh, it was all great. All Jim, he didn't even have to eat. All he had to do was just come sit with us at dinner to talk. 
but he can't even do that. He he basically was like, oh, no, no. I don't even know what he said, but he left. He he's like, my, come on, everybody knows I don't go to dinner. Yeah, he's like, he's, my parents don't even invite me to dinner. Yeah. I'm like, are we supposed to be impressed by that? <laughs> I'm like, that, you got big problems, man. You got major problems. And I'm down for an Irish exit, but not an Irish entrance. And the guy just <laughs> leaves immediately. Um, and Frustrated with us that we had the, the gall us. to go to dinner. And, and then calling me after dinner, being like, where are you? Let's hang out. No, it's over. Oh, I'm mad. It's over, mad buddy. Now. Come to dinner with us or not. You know, the only way that I have respect for you is if you KOC me. And and go you, to dinner you with someone your, else at the yeah, same at the same time at the same restaurant. <laughs> That's the only way I get respect. But Jim Cunningham, throw him out. But still love him. But throw him out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that was a great time. So happy to be back in Los Angeles. Monday we're back to regular schedule. We got Kyle Mann coming on. We're gonna do um a little like summer league catch up session. Might even have an NBA reporter come on for like twenty you know fifteen twenty minutes to do what's happening boots on the ground insider Big J work. We'll see what happens with that. But again. We're back in Los Angeles. This is One Shining Podcast, and we will see you on Monday. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.